The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello, welcome to Babes on Broad. I am Sam Wilson with my co-host, Jesse Town. Many of you probably know Jess on Twitter now. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it right now. <laughs> she is at Jessica, or no, at Run This Town with an E13 on Twitter at Jessica underscore town with an E on Instagram. I am at Sam Wills 18 on both Twitter and Instagram. Our show page is at Babes on Broad on all social media. So check that out. We are brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Shout out to them. If you want to rep the Babes on Broad, it's getting kind of Christmassy. So you can get our ugly Christmas sweaters now on designtree.com slash Babes on Broad. And that's design without the vowels. So D-S-G-N, tree.com. And now let's get into it. Eagles, Pats. It was a loss. <laughs> and back, that's the end of the conversation. Back to 500. Back to 500. The definition of mediocrity. It was a rough game. Honestly, we looked uglier than a mediocre team. Mediocre. Not... <laughs> Words are hard. Um, (laughs) They looked like a mediocre team, and the Patriots looked like a mediocre team. Like they did. The only reason I'm as frustrated as I am, and I'm not even that frustrated at this point. Now it's Thursday. I've kind of moved on Mm -hmm. to the Seahawks. You know, I I get super grumpy after Eagles games, especially when obviously only when they lose. But like Mm -hmm. to the point where Joe's like, the worst thing about dating you is how grumpy you are after (laughs) Eagles losses, and he gets like really annoyed with me, and I'm just like, let me just be angry for a little bit. Let me get over it myself. And then it'll be fine. Like, by the next morning, I'm fine. Except when they lose on Sunday Night Football, I think about it all night. Like, when they (laughs) lost to Dallas, I straight up didn't sleep that night. And Monday, I was exhausted. (laughs) By Monday, I'm just like, okay, let's look at this objectively. Let's talk about it. Let's figure figure it out. And the, the most disappointing thing to me is the fact that Tom Brady played as awfully as he did. The Eagles' defense played as well as they did. They did. And the Eagles' offense couldn't pull it together enough in the second half. I mean, yeah. I mean, 17-10, that's not the the game you were thinking you were going to see. No, not at all. Um, My thing about that, what you said, is Tom Brady did look not good, but I think it's because the Eagles, all, or defense, did perform very, very well. But then also the weather, I think, played a lot into it. It's very windy. Yeah. It was cold. It's really the first time I feel like it's been that cold. Yeah, I definitely think there was a lot more wind on the field yeah. than we thought. 
It was so windy up in the seats, but I think based on the way that the goalposts were moving and things, like, I think it was swirling a lot worse on the field than we thought. Granted, and I only say that because Carson Wentz and Tom exactly. Brady don't both throw that many ugly, ugly errant passes exactly. in the same game. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, I that agree. doesn't completely happen. I definitely think Tom's lost a step here and there, and I also but think he'll that Wentz it right had a terrible when he needs yeah. to. And Wentz had a terrible game, but I think the wind had a lot more to do with it than I agree. we thought. Also, they're like, our defense, they did so great, but the one thing, they had four drop passes, four chances to intercept Tom, and I think that Listen, if they could catch, game, if they could catch, they'd be wide receivers. Not on this team. True. Not they are team. wide receivers on this team. Look at it. It's all happening. It's but all the same. I, I think that could have, I mean, it would have been definitely at least momentum. I don't know if it would have given us points because our offense did play terrible. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a difference, too. I mean, I'm not saying catch all four, but catch one of them. Yeah, and also they, a couple were right to them. Jim Schwartz should just be walking around all week with both of his middle fingers up. Never yeah. put them down. Just to everyone. Yeah. And I don't everyone. care if Tom Brady was playing bad or anything or if it was them playing good. No. I'd be hyped. They played the defense down Tom Brady. played phenomenal. And everyone wanted to call for Jim Schwartz's head after Atlanta, after Detroit. Everyone wanted to talk about how he can't make adjustments. He doesn't know what he's doing. Why are you playing 10 yards off the ball? Well, if we remember, you and I talked about it, his corners couldn't cover. And the best thing they could do was play 10 yards mm-hmm. off the ball. And now when he has the correct personnel for it, his corners are playing up. They're pressing on the receivers at the line of scrimmage. They're running with them stride for stride, breaking up passes, and it's giving the defense time, the defensive line time, to get to the quarterback. Tom Brady spent a lot of time on the ground on Sunday. He did. Um, Tom Brady does not spend it. a lot that much time on the ground. He was only sacked once, but he was hit a lot. He was hit a lot. Mm-hmm. Vinny Curry had a couple in there. I know yeah. he was in the backfield a lot. Brandon Graham got one nice and early, mm-hmm. and I that I I seriously said it. I was like, all you just need Brandon Graham to get in Tom Brady's face, he'll poop his pants, and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it was fine, except for nuts, the offense. It's nuts to think not only was it a low-scoring game, but Tom Brady didn't have a touchdown. The touchdown yeah. came from Edelman. <sighs> I hate Julian Edelman. Me too, dude. What about that play? Him. I know so many people were didn't. Agree with it was me. dirty. On Maddox, it they was were dirty. like, oh, no, he was going after the ball. Like, that's just defense. And I was like, Riding no. The cloud. Like, he, this guy just came back from a neck brace, and you're hanging on his neck, pulling him backwards. His yeah. legs are stuck under oh, you. Yeah. You didn't need that. You knew he didn't have the ball at that point, and you're still pulling him down on the ground. Rod- I was pissed by that. Rodney McLeod made a comment, and he said something along the lines of, now don't quote me on this specifically, but mm-hmm. he said, you know, those are the things you see from Edelman on tape. And he, he said, we'll use the word chippy. He didn't want to, like, say, straight up say, like you know, dirty. Edelman's a dirty player. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, we'll use the word chippy. And yeah. he, they're not wrong. You you see it every now and then in a lot of different games. Now, it might be, like, a little man syndrome kind of thing. Well, he like, has you to know, make up for it. He's, yeah. not, he's not the most talented guy. Everybody he's not the most that. talented guy. He works he's not hard. the most athletic guy. And he works really hard. Obviously, uh-huh. he's a Super Bowl MVP for yeah. a reason. He mm-hmm. deserved that MVP hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think he works his butt off to... to be a, a decent receiver in this league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a person that they've talked about. Is he a Hall of Famer or not? There's a line. There's a there's a, there's a chippy line and there's a... The dude just got out of a neck d- brace and you're hanging on his neck. Come yeah. on. But, you know, over the course of the season, this Eagles defense is kind of the, been the... the What's improved, they were the bright spot on Sunday. They were for sure. Fourth in uh, rush yards per game allowed. Ninth in total yards per game allowed. That's pretty good. Yeah. 
Yeah, Tom Brady and Carson, they were super duper close on total yards. They had 216 and 214. Is that weird? Yeah. My How many times did weird? Tom throw the ball? Um, 47. He was 26 for 47. So, so about the same, almost 20 yeah, completions not, there, too. Yeah, not too bad. Carson was 20 for 40, 214 yards and a touchdown. Carson was also sacked five times. That was the most sacked he's been five sacked times all and hit season. twelve times. Just hit twelve times. Hit twelve times. Goodness. Sacked five. I mean, so and and a lot of people want to jump on the you know holding the ball too long. And you know my madness co-host Rob Landry and I talked about this yesterday. And and Rob I think said it really well. He said you know he has that hero gene. He wants mm-hmm. to be the hero. And I don't think he necessarily wants to do it be the hero for like a personal ego kind of thing. No. Like he never wants to quit on a play. Like, I think he just he knows, has that. He ha- him himself has the talent mm-hmm. to make something happen. But at this point, you have to know you can't rely on other people to make it happen, if that makes sense. Yes. And I think it, when you look at it, you it, you look at the breakdowns and you look at it, you know, the, the coach's film and you kind of see he's only looking at one half of the field. He's not he's looking at one half, mm-hmm. not the other half. That's coaching. He's being coached to do that. Is it Doug? Is it Press Taylor, the quarterback's coach? Is it Mike Grow? Who knows? And then sometimes the routes aren't there. I don't know if you saw the clip of it was supposed to be a three-step get rid of the ball right away, and it was a little rub route between it was Goddard and I think Aguilar was the other one. Goddard was on the outside, and I think Aguilar was, was inside. They were just supposed to quick and be right there, but they, they were running like it was like a non-contact in OTAs instead of like in a real NFL game against one of the best defenses in the league. So like, not explosive, you mean? just Not kind of explosive like a- at all. And it was so obvious what they were doing. Like Dallas Goddard, like his feet are in quicksand mm-hmm. and he's been terrible at protecting the football, catching and protecting the football. The touch, the touchdown that was ruled an interception that shouldn't have been ruled an interception to begin with. Yeah. And I mean, he's the one who had that first fumble against the Cowboys in mm-hmm. Dallas and you know, has had a couple significant drops this year. And, you know, Dallas Goddard showed a lot of promise last year. So to me, that goes back to coaching. Dude, I feel like something like that goes on Doug for the most part because he's the overall. It ultimately comes back to him. Yeah, Yeah. because he's the overall coach. He's seeing how they run their practices, the effort they give. And he obviously is just saying it's okay. It's It's his job if Mike Rose letting him get away with it. It's his job to be like, yo, make him pick it up, make him get into it. The things that Mike Groh has said <laughs> upset me in ways that I can't even He tell defended you. Nelson Aguilar when Nelson Aguilar didn't defend himself. Nelson Nelson admitted. made an excuse about hitting the ground too hard. Had the ball in his hands and then he hit the ground too hard. That's yeah, but he, he did say that he should have caught it. Yes. At least. Yes. Mike Groh yes. can't even admit that. No, I'm trying to, I have to find the tweet from the other day. That made you famous? No, not that one. BLG tweeted a uh, quote from Mike Groh, and my favorite thing that BLG does is tweets quotes from Mike Groh's press conferences, (laughs) because some of them are so ridiculous and funny. Oh, Um, yeah. Mike Groh said the Eagles are going to work harder this week than they did last week. What? Why didn't you, you're playing the... the damn Patriots. You're playing an NFL team. I don't care if you. Like, you're playing an NFL team. That clearly wants some revenge on you. Maybe he said that before, Jess, and he meant... No, no, no. This was his press conference literally two days ago. This was okay, his was Tuesday to... presser. No, I no, no, no. Was... Maybe it was a repeat, and he's saying they're going to work harder no. against the Patriots than they did the bye week. No. <laughs> You'd hope that's what it was. Yeah, right? No. Mike Gross says the Eagles are going to work harder this week than they did last week. Great. Awesome. I would like you to work hard every week, but that's yeah. just me. Especially going against Tom Brady. Right. I don't know. 
there are a lot of problems with the, with the offense. And Mike Groh aside, I think he is a problem with the offense. They got away from the run game as well. I mean, about um, that also, they Lane Johnson went down that hurt him a lot. Yes. I had a stat. Oh, shoot. Where is it? You let's, keep talking. Let's talk keep, about this run game, though. Here, here is my problem. They needed another receiver. They knew Alshon Jeffrey was banged up already and got a little bit more banged up against the Chicago Bears. So they brought in a receiver the first day of the bye week. Signed him the first day they were able to mm-hmm. going into practice. Great. Jordan Howard got a stinger against the Chicago Bears and was not cleared for contact. Now, Doug said, oh, well, we were optimistic about it. But it's at times like that where they also put Darren Sproles on IR. So that was another one of a, oh, it was sore. It was partially torn, but they thought rehab would be fine. Well, then the hip flexor was fully torn. Yeah, now he's out. They put him on IR on Wednesday. They still waited until Friday to bring in Jay Ajayi. Friday. You had the bye week and now. Why was Darren Sproles not put on IR sooner? And why did you wait until Friday to bring Jay Ajayi in? The the problem I have there, oh, well, he knows the offense. The man hasn't played in a year. He hasn't done anything. And because it was so late, they didn't have a damn helmet that fit him right, so he couldn't play. That aggravates me in ways I can't even tell you. Going along with the fact that out of nowhere, Alshon's calf injury that never healed and now is an ankle injury somehow after a bye week, having a week off. I don't understand. What did you do over the bye week? I don't understand how they're handling anything this year. I I I give the Eagles so much credit for the way they handle things sometimes. They have completely butchered every single situation this year. Butchered. Completely. Starting with Deshaun. And granted, you can't force a grown man to have surgery if he has options. Like, I get it. But you can highly recommend and explain to him. Yeah, this is like his first major injury like that. And I I don't know. I just think, I think, and we talked about it last week, I believe. Some of it is overvaluation. Some of it is gross Mm -hmm. underperformances by certain people. But also like handling the situations as they come to you. Now, with the defensive side of the ball, I think everything's been handled fine. Offensively, this has just been a you-know-what show. Like, it's been a freaking mess. Mess. A dumpster fire mess. It's, they like were it on the smells. verge of dumpster fire, and th- I think this may cross them into full dumpster fire. It is. Yeah. That was bad. Dude, this stat I was looking up. Oh, please, share. So Lane Johnson, obviously, that's a big effect, like I said, on their run game. Yep. So he played three drives before going out with a concussion. Mm-hmm. So the three drives he was in, the team recorded 147 yards, and that's when they scored their 10 points. That's good. Mm-hmm. The final seven drives without Johnson, the team recorded no points and get it, get this, 36 yards. Oh, Jesus. 147 yards to 36 in double the amount of drives. Yeah. And that actually, I think I missed the final, final drive. So there's a couple more, but still. So getting away from the run game after Lane Johnson goes down, I get it. I do. Just because he's so good at what he, he does. Is, yeah. And him and Brandon together are so good on that side, which is why they just extended Brandon. Yeah. The fact that they just, what do they do from here in the passing game? Like, what more is there to do? I get, Carson was terrible on Sunday. I get mm-hmm. it. He was bad. He was. He was really, really bad. He was. And I actually heard Trey say earlier in the week, you know, these guys are NFL open. Carson doesn't trust them. He will never say it. Doug will never say it. 
I would not trust them either. You can see it. Yeah. And what right, like what person in their right mind would trust them? Right. Because that's even the thing like that. Basically what we already mentioned. He's trying to be the hero. Mm -hmm. You can be the hero on your part, but you don't look like a hero if you don't have a hero on the other side of the ball. Right. And he doesn't have that. No. Ever. He trusted, I think he trusted Jordan Matthews with like one jump ball. And Matthews dropped and it. He did, yeah. I know exactly what one you're talking about. And I, I will give JJ Ortega Whiteside credit. He caught whatever came his way. He he mm-hmm. I thought he played well on Sunday. Mm-hmm. A few relatively tough catches. One was called back for a penalty, which was unfortunate. But I thought he played really well. <laughs> do, do we move into discussing Nelson Aguilar now? He's out with a knee injury right now. He did come down on that knee really hard. He did. That's not our fault. He can't read a ball and is uncoordinated when he looks up trying to read a ball. Listen. Okay. Which one are you more mad about? The last play okay. or the, the first one, one? The first one where first he one. caught the ball and, like... The it, first one, because there was no... It, it was right... Like, yes, it would have been... one. Like, it's a catch you have to think about. You have to stretch out. You have to be conscious in your head where you are on the field. Yes. Keep your toes in. Yes. He was just running, trying to catch the ball like it was just the practice. The awareness is impeccable for Dude, him. Dude, he was out of the end zone already. His, like, one foot that he caught, his back foot... He could have stayed out. in bounds. He could have, by he far. He could have stayed in bounds. That's what I'm saying. Like, but he just ran through it. Like, it was just like a practice ball. He can't track a ball to save his life. And I, wa- I you know, watched film of him playing at USC. Like, I don't understand Dude, what happened. In my mind, that's a mental mistake because everybody's been talking about his hands and all that stuff. Yeah. So in his mind, I think he was just, gotta catch the ball, gotta catch the ball, gotta catch the ball. Instead of every single receiver knows you run to that line. It doesn't matter if you're past that line or not and you catch it. You run to the line. You keep your feet in. You stretch. You know? Like, that. Yeah. I know that. And I am a 24-year-old volleyball player. Like, what? It's just a shame because – and I don't think he didn't give effort on that play as much as he – like, the one in Dallas where he didn't stretch his arms yeah, out yeah, or anything. Yeah. It's a lack of awareness. It's the lack of awareness that word. you have to, like – any NFL receiver, you have to at least – Make an effort to keep your feet in bounds yeah. there. I know it's a tough catch. I'm not sitting here saying he was standing there with mm-hmm. no one around him in place and, yeah. you know, it was the easiest catch in the world. It's not. But at this point, he's a fifth-year NFL receiver getting paid $9.5 million to quite literally catch the ball. That's why I'm saying it literally was a mental mistake. In his mind, he had to be like, just catch the ball, just yeah. catch the ball, just catch the ball. But you... And when it comes to the last play, their last offensive play of the game, first, second, and third down, I have no idea what Carson Wentz was doing. No idea what Carson was doing. Unbelievably, some of the worst throws I've ever Ever seen seen made, made, period. But that last ball to Nelson Aguilar, he threw it off his back foot. He got hit. He put enough air under it. It was a perfect ball there. And first of all, he contorted his body into a pretzel, which he didn't need to do. (laughs) He looked so uncoordinated. He didn't need to do that, one. Second of all, it still hit him in the hands, and he couldn't control it to the ground. Yeah. That's my biggest issue. Like, if it hits you in the hands, I'm, again. I agree. I'm not saying it was a, an easy catch. I'm, I'm still going to sit here and tell you it was a tough catch to make. Mm-hmm. But a fifth-year NFL receiver who was a first-round draft pick. Game's on the line. Game on the line. Perfect ball. You got to track that better. You have to track it better and you have to come down with that. It hits you in the hands and then you say, oh, I hit the ground too hard. And I I get it. Like, especially if he's hurt now 
and like it hurt you that bad and your body just kind of freaks out. Like I want it. I want to get it. But like at this point, it's so hard because it's happened so many times with him that it's so hard to stand up for him and defend him. Anymore. Exactly. And my point is, okay, so like, yeah, that might hurt. But you could walk off the field, dude. It wasn't a serious injury. And now I just feel like he's mental. I don't think, I don't want to ever say that like an injury is not an injury or whatever. Yeah. But I do, I have a hard time believing it's as serious as him needing to mispractice just for his knee. Days I think there's later a lot when of he could, going into it. It's obviously very mental. He deleted his social media. Is it, Was it just Instagram? It was just Instagram. So he deleted his Instagram and stuff like that. So a lot of mental stuff. The post game, he was very emotional. He sounded like he was about to cry. Uh-huh. He's got that choked I up I texted thing. you while you had that on your update. I was like, this is so cringy. Take it off, please. I can't listen to it again. No, but people needed to hear it. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't disagree. And, and, and I do feel for him. I do. I do too. But it's just happened so many times. And I'm just like, that's where the one thing we are females. So we're a little emotional. So like I do, I feel so bad for him. In this industry, like that's your job, dude. Yeah, you got it. I'll feel bad. Like for if you. I, like Alshon last year, that miscatch, I felt terrible for that because he didn't do that last year. Yeah, one time and it's a big time that sucks. Nelson, you do it all the freaking time. Big game, let us down, and you just keep doing it. Yeah, I feel bad for you, but no, dude. If like, I screw t- up that many times at my job, we're done. There are repercussions. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and scream for him to get cut. I'm not gonna do that. That's not you know, who I am, but like, I just, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't know what the Eagles do. I, you know, they, they wouldn't settle for anything less than a second round pick for him, which I think was silly. Yeah. This one I think was an overvaluation. Oh yeah. I think Alshon is underperformed because yeah. anybody's going to sit here. No, and he has. Everyone was excited about that extension when they gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Everyone was excited. I hoped he would step up and continue because I, I've said many times on here, on any other show I've been on, he had a phenomenal season in 2017. It was a hell of a bounce back year. And that Super Bowl win does not happen without Nelson Aguilar. Mm-hmm. That final touchdown drive to Zach Ertz, he had three receptions, two for 18 yards and one for 10 yards. And they were all great catches. It doesn't happen without Nelson Aguilar. I agree. I hold firm with that. But he has been a disappointment since then. You're right. We have to go to break, so I can't bring it up now. Um, you're listening to Babes on Broad on Bling Green Nation Radio. Welcome back into our second segment of this episode of Babes on Broad. So now we need to, after breaking down the loss to the <laughs> Patriots, we need to go into this week's matchup with the Seahawks. So the Seahawks are coming in playing extremely well. That's actually one of the better divisions in football right now you know that's you know they're pretty much the reason why there's not going to be any option to get into the playoffs without winning yeah without winning the division um they're playing really well right now coming off a couple or well coming off a phenomenal win um over the san francisco 49ers um who are one of the best teams in football right now Russell Wilson is the front runner for MVP at the moment. Uh, well, him and Lamar Jackson. Personally, I like Lamar Jackson, but I also I also love r- watching Russell Wilson play. Um, I think he's extremely dynamic. It, he, you know, was a guy who was drafted to be a project and ended up, you know, beating out the starting quarterback um, mm-hmm. in training camp and going on to, and has a has had a really great career so far this year he's playing at that mvp level 23 touchdowns to two interceptions nuts 
And uh, yeah, there, you know, he, the, the offensive line is still the offensive line. You know, he's still getting hit a lot. He's still getting beat up. Sacked 27 times. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? That's actually awful. How many times has Carson Wentz been sacked? I don't know. 25. Not, also not good. But he also got five in the last game. That's true. That, and so, that was the, that was the worst one. Yeah. Four against Chicago. Three against Buffalo, three against Dallas, two against Minnesota. Was sacked once against the Jets. He was not sacked in Green Bay. Remember we talked about that, oh, how yeah. great they were? And mm-hmm. yeah, three against Detroit, three against Atlanta, and one against the Redskins. So, and you know, we, we got into all that, whatever. This is going to be an interesting matchup. I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson is undefeated against the Eagles in his career. Some of the games in some of the games against Seattle have probably come at like the worst possible times in the seasons as well. One of them was 2014 when the Eagles were not playing well. Obviously, that you know, Carson Wentz wasn't here yet, it was still Chip mm-hmm. Kelly, but Russell Wilson came in here and just steamrolled them in December. That wasn't fun. In 2016, Carson Wentz's rookie year, we all remember that game. That was the uh, Nelson Aguilar game with the Greg Lewis look, that face, that meme. Um, The year they went to the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. They went out to Seattle, and that was their first loss in three months, remember? They just don't play Seattle well. But I think that this is a different defense, and if everyone plays the way they're supposed to, they could come out with a win. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I said last week on both of this podcast and the morning show, we always talk about the the vibes going into it. And everybody had the vibes that if they were going to be either the Pats or the Seahawks, they would go and take one from Tom Brady. And I felt opposite. I chose last week them to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always, I just had a good feeling about this being the upset game for some reason, even though the Seahawks are pretty strong right now. They're eight and two. I don't know why really. Going with the whole Jamie Lynch, the NFL is weird. But I do think, actually, too, it's kind of a redemption game. They played really, really bad last week, like the offense did. So I think I expect them to come out and play well and redeem themselves, you know? Yeah, so I just I don't know what to think right now. I'm a little on the edge in the moment. Um, I think our defense will do well. The only thing, obviously, you got to be concerned of Russell's rushing. Have they really gone up against a rushing QB? Like a really strong rushing QB this year. Not Dak, Dak had and, a good um, rushing game. Dak and Josh Allen in Buffalo. Yeah. So that concerns me because Dak got away with it. Um, maybe Dak got eight yards on a quarterback sneak, and I, I still don't understand how that's freaking well, possible. And that's the thing is they don't really expect that from Dak. This I feel like they should at least be prepared because mm-hmm. you know he's gonna run. I I really don't know what to think at this point. I'm on the edge, but my vibes do say. They get it. It's close. Go birds. Go birds. I if I'm on the edge, I'm always choosing the birds, baby. Bye yeah. bye. Go birds. The the biggest concern for me will be the offensive line. And yeah, there's a lot of playing. Yeah, you don't know if Lane's gonna be back from the, his concussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, the guys on my morning show, they keep saying they think he will be back. Concussions they take super seriously now. If you I know. get a certain amount, you're out. If it was forever. anything that Lane could just be like, oh, I'm gonna tough through. Tough like through. concussions, not a thing. Concussions, not something that you're gonna. And be it's able not to do. something teams let you tough through. Anymore. And I and I wouldn't want him to. No, I, no, no. I, I, I don't, agree. I agree. I. It's very serious. And it's tough because now Doug came out and said they put Dillard there. Which I don't know about that. 
I mean, Trey if they talks, think that's the right thing to do, I, mean, they, I don't know. They know their best option, so I truly believe he's probably their best option. But Trey talked about today, he didn't say that like he shouldn't be there, because obviously they have to fill the hole. But he did say about how hard it is to go from the left side to the right side. Yeah, it seems not, so simple. Yeah, it's not. But it's not. And it's not. so for Trey Thomas, obviously having a career like his, to say that that's a hard thing to do, a, a rookie coming in trying to do it against a good team, you know? Yeah. It's, it's going to be hard. It's a hard thing to do. And especially that's, I mean, think about exactly what they're going to do with that. They're going to put Jadevian Clowney right in front of Andre Dillard. Now, I have opinions about Jadevian Clowney, and I'm going to put them out right now. I want to hear. I don't know if you saw my tweet a couple weeks ago when he had that spectac- spectacular game against the 49ers. A fumble return for a touchdown or an interception for a pick six. He was all over Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's my opinion. And everyone just kept tweeting oh, wait, about here it is. three pass deflections. Ah, yes. He was, everyone just kept tweeting and talking about, oh, how he really dropped the ball on this one. He, oh boy, we've got some breaking news from Schefter coming in. What do you say? This is where it's about Miles Garrett. We'll, we'll all, I'll fill it up on Twitter so I have the full quote right here. Um, and we can read that in a second. But my whole issue is I can't watch a phenomenal uh, performance from anybody in the NFL without seeing tweets about how Howie didn't get them. And I obviously yeah. know that that Clowney was someone who was available. He didn't go for much. But but here's here's the logic there. When looking at the Eagles' defensive line, they had Fletcher Cox inside, Malik Jackson inside. They had... Um, Tim Jernigan for the inside. They had Brandon Graham, Vinnie Curry, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett. They didn't need any more run stopping. And Clowney throughout his career has been a phenomenal run stopper and a middle of the pack pass rusher. We needed pass rushers. We didn't need run stoppers. So I see why Howie Roseman didn't go out there and give up. Put everything on the line. Right. Yeah. That it makes ma- sense. It makes sense to me. Now, people might disagree with that, and that's fine. No, the way you said it, I, I see what you're saying. I like it. That's it makes sense. That's where so the fact that he played as well as he did in the pass rush game against the 49ers and absolutely took advantage of Mike McGlinchey, who went to Penn Charter. Penn Charter sucks. GA over Penn Charter. I'm just kidding. Penn Charter. But if fi- you're from Penn Charter, Penn Charter we appreciate you. Penn listening. Charter is a fine institution. <laughs> I am just a Germantown Academy alum, and I will ride or die with GA till the end, always. <laughs> but anyway, Mike McGlinchey actually graduated the same year I did, so our four years in high school playing against Penn Charter, it was it was against Mike. Well, McGlinchey. no, it's nuts. We like are the same age as these people, and they're just like making <laughs> millions of dollars. Millionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Like first round draft pick, making millions yeah. of dollars. Um, him and Daryl Worley, actually, who was almost an Eagle, mm-hmm. both. Uh, it was, it was very cool to see somebody who I watched play in yeah. high school and then play in Notre Dame mm-hmm. and then get drafted. It's very cool. However, Jadevian Clowney had his way with him during that game a couple weeks ago. I love just watching sensational NFL performances. Mm-hmm. I, I like sports. I, I like, I like seeing things like that. That was a spectacular performance from him in the past game, which we do not see from him very often. And that's what the Eagles needed if they were going to focus on the defensive line at all. I agree. Um, However, against a rookie, yeah, playing out of position, no less. I mean, I think Clowney, he's always a monster. I mean, he sometimes he won't show it. I just, I would always fear him. My thing, though, when you were speaking about great performances, that brings me back to Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. 
So him, obviously, him and Lamar Jackson are like in the MVP race. Yes. My that also leads to my vibes feeling, just just a feeling. Okay. It makes me nervous because Lamar Jackson had a great week last week and really notched himself up to possibly what a lot of people are saying, the number one spot of the MVP mm-hmm. race. Which you so, thought was gonna be an awesome game and it was Yeah. But so it makes me worried because Russell didn't get the chance to continue the MVP race because he was on a bye as well last week. So now I'm like, what if he comes out and he's like, I need to get, I need to boost my MVP status again. So that's, it's another thing that makes me worried. I don't know. There's a lot of components that go into this. I feel like besides just play. There's a lot of components that go into it. It's the defense is playing really well. Thank you, Jalen Mills. They've got some really dynamic playmakers. Chris Carson, their running back is having a really good season. DK Metcalf is an animal. Oh my gosh, he's an animal. He's just an animal. He's so big. But he, I'm sorry, you were just saying you can't see anything without. Eagles should have got him. Eagles should have got him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. But that's everybody in the NFL. Like, I don't know why everybody yeah, is just, was just like, mm-hmm. oh, he can't run routes. Who cares if he can't run routes? He's bigger than you. And yeah. he can body any corner in this league. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. And obviously Tyler Lockett is quick, elusive, makes phenomenal catches. Mm-hmm. Like, you know keeping toes in bounds in the corner of the end zone <laughs> catches. Who knew? Who would have thought that's possible? What is your prediction for uh, the Eagles on Sunday, and what is your, uh, what, what's your key to win? My key is Carson Wentz in the O-line. Okay, fair enough. For sure. For score and for sure. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, and I think it's going to be close, and I think because the offense is, while well, I'm expecting the Eagles offense to redeem themselves, and obviously Russell Wilson's hard to stop, I think it is going to be semi-high scoring. So um, I'm going to say 26-24. I like it. Eagles, sorry. I forgot oh, to specify. Okay. 20, 26-24 Eagles. Gotcha. I am of similar thinking. I think this needs to be a bounce back game for Carson. I think he knows that. I think he wants that. I think they're pretty much itching to get back out there. This offensive line really needs to put in as much work as they can and get this right because they did not play their best game on Sunday. Yeah. The Eagles need to stick to the run game. They need to continue to force the issue there because it's going to be, A, it's what the offensive line likes to do. B, it's going to be the way to kind of keep Russell Wilson off of the field. And the le- the less time you can get Russ on the field, the better. As much yeah. time as they can stay off the field, that offense, they can do a lot of different things. That would be ideal. Um, the defense has to keep rolling the way they're rolling and playing the way they are. The linebackers actually had a really good game last week, aside from the one missed tackle in the backfield for, by uh, Nate Gary. But for the most part, they have played well. Nigel Bradham's back at practice. Hopefully he plays Sunday. That would be great to say or see, excuse me. And um, hopefully Alshon can go. Hopefully Jordan Howard can go. But if not, at least we'll see Jay Ajayi mixed in there a little yeah. bit more. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. And um, I think the Eagles are going to win 21-17. It's a good one. By the way, Howard was a limited participant in practice, so hopefully he does play. Here's something. So the breaking news that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. In an appeal with the NFL, Browns defensive end Miles Garrett alleged that Mason Rudolph called him a racial slur prior to last week's brawl on Thursday night. Sources told ESPN's Josina Anderson and me, Adam Schefter, an accusation the Steelers QB strongly denies. That's very interesting because did you see the story that came out right after where Josina Anderson tweeted yep. that she wouldn't be surprised if there was a racial, insinuating that there was something racial said. Mm-hmm. And once she found out about it all and stuff and it like developed, the story developed, she deleted the tweet quickly, but somebody yep. caught it. Yep. So it's very interesting that now 
she tweeted it. They decide to go to her to break the story, her and Adam Schefter. But yeah, and ah. and my my opinion on the matter is if that is the case, and that's interesting. I was really thinking this, and I just pulled up Twitter, and uh, Tyrone Johnson just tweeted it. If he, I think the suspension for the rest of the year should be upheld. He shouldn't get suspended into next year if that's what started this, because that that's unacceptable. Yeah. Another thing is though. The quarterback would have said it when he was going after Miles, which or on the ground, because he. So the mm. it was it was a quick screen. So it was the ball was out of his hands and Miles Garrett pulled him down to the ground, which was a 15 yard penalty anyway. Yeah. My thing is, I would have thought had that been the case, I would have thought that Miles Garrett would have said something after the game because at that point the damage was already done and there was no like there was no getting out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was no. He was getting suspended regardless. At that point, tell tell your story, man. Mm-hmm. Like I support, you know. Of course, he was had to say, you know, I lost my cool. I couldn't, you know, that yeah. the whole speech, whatever. But you know, if, if that's the case, there's there's no place for swinging a helmet in physical in you know assault. Yeah, there's there's no place for for racism. No, at I don't. I agree a hundred percent. And you don't know the full story, but I don't, I don't know what to, like why would he not say that right away then. I don't know. And like, you apologize for losing your cool, but you're also, like, you don't know the whole story. There was more to the situation. You right. don't have to say exactly what he said, but at least insinuate that there was more instead of just admitting that you lost your cool. That makes no sense. Yeah. And that's where the Browns messed up, even letting him speak to the media right away. The PR team should have swooped in. Swooped in and been, like, miles we wait. Well. We wait until this is all kind yeah. of Yeah. Because that out. might hurt him, the fact that he didn't say anything. He didn't insinuate that there was anything besides him losing his cool. Yeah. And, and... You know, pe- and people, pe- there were a lot of tweets and stuff kind of pointing fingers left and right. And, you know, I, I, I just hope the league gets this right. They've, they've screwed up a lot of different things in the past with suspensions. You know, I, I just, I just hope they get one right. That's all. Yeah. That's my opinion. I don't know. It's tough because, I mean, really there's no proof, obviously, unless he was mic'd up, which I don't think he was. I don't think so. So there's really no proof. And then. I think it goes back to him not insinuating that anything was said immediately because now he's just claiming it, which anybody can claim after. Yeah. There's but, no proof of but it. But it's also, you know, this is this is something that obviously has to be taken seriously. Yeah. If this is what happened, like, it, it has to be handled. I also think it was wrong that Mason Rudolph didn't get a suspension. Anything. He should have gotten at least a game. I agree. I agree. He should have gotten a game. The fine was crap. Yeah. That was BS. It, just the fine was crap because yeah. he... Like, both of them are responsible for this issue. Okay, moving on to our next topic. That was just some breaking news that, obviously, when you listen to this, won't exactly be breaking, but it's still relevant. Yeah, it's a big news. Um, so what's going on in Philly? We had some big news in Philly last night. Woo-woo! Ben Simmons. It was a swish. I, yeah, I got, I... I don't, it wasn't a swish. But no, it was perfect. I, you nailed it. Okay, sweet, sweet. Um, <laughs> Ben Simmons hit his first career regular season three-pointer that was drawn up for Ben that was in stride that was in rhythm it was perfect it looked so pure I was sitting on my couch watching the play develop and looked was watching and I I don't have very good eyesight so it's hard for me to see the numbers on their jerseys (laughs) when I'm watching my tv and I was like okay uh who's shooting that shot I don't see Ben anywhere and then I realized it was Ben and absolutely 
lost my mind. <laughs> I ran around my apartment in circles. I screamed. I was excited. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And apparently I saw somewhere that like Ben was too cocky in his post-game presser. Like someone asked about no, his reaction wasn't. and he was like, I think you could see my reaction. I don't care. He has dealt with so much you know what, since he's been here, he deserves to be happy and feel any type of way. Dude, I think he handled that perfectly. I'm so happy for Why him. Why would... I'm so happy for My him. thing is, what's he supposed to do? Jump up and down and be like, I did it, I did it. No, because you act like you've been there before. That's what any athlete knows. Can you imagine if he just out and was like, guys, I did it! Could you imagine? He'd be roasted. Oh my god, yeah. So that's the it thing. Just, it looks so pretty. Like, you have to act like you've been there before. I don't care if you haven't. Yeah, he had a great night last night. He did. He looked really good last night. One I know it's kind of frustrating. What? Just going off, like, last night, because we kind of talked about it on the morning show. So, Joel Embiid, his stats, he's always the leading guy on the stat board. Yeah. But he has had such a lackluster season. Like, he looks like he's not even trying or doing anything and doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But he's still putting up, like, pretty good numbers. And it's just so frustrating, because imagine if he tried. Yeah. But listen, I mean, I agree. He did not have a good night. But, Still led the stat board. But late in the game, he was 0 for 5 from 3. What was it? 50-some seconds left. He hits a dagger to beat the Knicks. Not an impressive night from him. And I, I agree. It's been I a feel little like bit lackluster. It's been. Been a, it's been lazy. He did say, though, he's playing both nights of this back-to-back. He did. He did say that. And I think that was a, hey, Jim- I want to play both nights yeah. of these. And Jimmy Butler said a nice thing about him, how that – Jimmy Butler can say nice things. Yeah, he did. It came out, I forget exactly what he said, but basically it was on Joel Embiid saying how great he is and he'll be something special, blah, blah, blah. So that's nice. Yeah, I just, I think, I don't mind the load management thing. If, I mean, Kawhi and the Raptors proved last year that it works and Kawhi was healthiest for the playoffs and he obviously tore it up in the playoffs. So he proved that it works. I don't mind them doing it. I just think that they have not done a good job of picking and choosing so far. Like, yeah. he was suspended for two games, he plays a game, and then he is on a load match. But, like, I thought that was dumb. I agree. You need to make sure that he's getting in his rhythm for the year. And he said he wanted to, so. Yeah, so I think, obviously, he played last night. I think there's a chance that he plays less minutes on Friday, and he plays more on Saturday. He wants to be on the floor yeah, against Yeah, he wants Jimmy to play Butler. against Jimmy He wants That's to block Jimmy Butler so bad. That's a fun friend thing. They are friends, yeah. those two. So, and yeah. I just hate the rest of that Heat team. Goran Dragic is like my – I hate Goran Dragic more than anything. On, like, I was so mad. He's like, you know, not my all-star. Mitchell? No. I knew that was – see, but I But not – dude, I was so angry the year that – Ben, ben Simmons could have been an all-star in his rookie year just because of how well he was playing, the triple-doubles and whatnot, regardless of the shooting. And the fact that they put Goran Dragic in there as an all-star instead, do you know how livid I was? I was so angry, and I'm still angry about it. But isn't that, it. like, fan votes? Well, You it, vote on Twitter, too, for that. Yeah, you can. it's fan votes, but then everybody else gets a vote, and then someone got hurt. It's like yeah. when someone gets hurt, and then they put someone... I forget who it was. It might have been Oladipo. That got hurt. It was. And they put Goran Dragic in there instead. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was so angry. It's like the year that they put Paul Millsap in instead of Joel Embiid. And I was upset with that, too. <laughs> they put Al Horford in the All-Star game, too. And I was that was that year. It was Ben's rookie year. They put Al Horford in. And I was like, forget this guy. And then I was like, wait, no, he definitely deserves to be yeah. in. Um, Goran Dragic, though, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. He is trash. Okay, so that was 
love the Sixers. We will come back with two more topics of things going on in Philly. Quick ones. Quick ones. And then we have a couple questions to answer. You are listening to the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Welcome back to Babes on Broad. We have to speed through this last segment. So real quick, Phillies, they hired a new hitting coach. It was the assistant coach from the Nationals. What was his name? Dylan? Joe Dylan. Joe Dylan. I just put down my phone so I couldn't remember. Yeah, so Joe Dylan, the new hitting coach from the Nationals. I like it. Based off of right now, I haven't done much research because it just came out right now. But yeah, yeah, I like it. I mean, that that might be a Bryce Harper. I was thinking that connection. Happy move. Harper connection. I I mean, but what are you gonna say, Bryce? No, we're not gonna take him when he just helped your former team win a national championship. And they freaking raked. Yeah. The entire time. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. He can't be that bad. No. And even if your only claim is that he was young. He had he learned under somebody that was really good then. Yeah, you know? so we'll sounds see. good. And uh, also, Phillies, get rid of your new hats. They're ugly. Yeah. They're Dallas Why Cowboy hats. They're not Phillies hats. No one looks at the star dotting the eye and thinks, oh yeah, that represents the Phillies. Get them off the website. They saw the outrage last year, just having the star be their transition on the scoreboard. It was heinous. Don't so do why it. would you do that? Don't know your fan base, dude. It. Okay. Now moving into some questions. Question one. Ready? Yeah. Do you think the Eagles coaches should realize that the wide receivers aren't going to get any better and just accept it? No, because we talked about it earlier. Part of it's coaching. It's the laziness. It's also the medical staff. Like, And the season's not over. It's not. You by don't give any up. stretch. Not over by any stretch. Yeah. Question number two. What do you want our, who, who do you want our wide receivers and running backs to be next year? Oh, that's a loaded question, man. I want, okay, here's what I'll say. I want Jordan Howard re-signed. I do. Yes, I agree. So Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, and if they keep Jay Ajayi. So they did put in Jay Ajayi's contract for this year. So for the, he's here, but for 2020, any team that offers him a contract, the Eagles have the opportunity to match that and keep him. Oh, okay. That's cool. So I wouldn't mind Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, and Jay Ajayi. No, I wouldn't mind that at all. It's basically what we had this year, but Miles will have a year under his belt. Mm-hmm. Howard is obviously Howard, and then Jay Ajayi is proven. Is proven, and he's a semi-healthier Darren Sproles at this point, I guess. And younger. Yeah. Wide receivers, draft somebody. I don't know. Draft, get somebody in, I don't know, but that is definitely your area of much-needed help right now. Like, Wide I'm thankful I'm not the GM to have to, to, have to do that. Because you got a lot that you need to do to repair that situation. That's a problem. Is Carson's problem confidence? Do you think the pressure is getting to him? No, it's. I think we talked about it. He doesn't trust anybody. I think it's confidence in his in his arsenal. Yeah, confidence in his people. The trust. Yeah. I I I don't think the pressure is getting to him. I think frustration, maybe frustration and lack of trust. And honestly, at that point, like there's nothing you can do about that. And that's what that's what concerns me. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm frustrated. I agree. But what are you gonna do? All right. Was that it? Yeah. Oh, wait. I had a funny one. Oh, my gosh. I got to I should have pulled this up. I should have had better time management. You need to load manage better. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to get it. We'll get it next time. I'm sorry. There was something. Remember I told you about it? And I didn't. Yeah. Didn't I tell you to screenshot it? And like keep Yeah, it but I don't hand? think I did. And now my phone's at 1%, so it's really slow. This is what happens when Sam doesn't listen to me. Jeez. I, I don't have it. Okay. Well, we'll <laughs> get it out there. Don't you worry. But that is that is the end of our episode for today. Episode number 13. It's flying by, baby. I know. We're killing it. 
Wow. Absolutely killing it. Thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You can find our podcast anywhere you get podcasts. All of them are there. Go check them out. Make sure you follow both of us on social media. I'm at Run This Town with an E13 on Twitter and at Jessica underscore town on Instagram. Sam is at SamWills18 on both. All of our social media at Babes on Broad. You can find us anywhere there. Go birds. Go birds! Let's hope the birds get a win this week and go on a run. The good vibes, baby! It's starting! Give the good vibes. They need it. Sixers have a couple good games this weekend. Go Sixers. Go Flyers. Go Philly. Go Philly. Philly pride. And good luck to everybody running in the Philadelphia Marathon this weekend. There's actually a girl I went to high school with who has um, cancer, and she had to get her leg amputated, and she's walking the marathon. Shout out to her. Yeah. Lauren Altman. She's killing it. Absolutely killing it. And our good friend, Rob. He's running it as well, just because. Rob Motti? No, Rob Gorman. Rob Gorman! Rob's, like, running. I'm very excited. We're going to go see him. I'm very excited. Until next week. For the Babes on Broad, go Birds, go Philly. We'll talk to you next week. Babes on Broad. B-G-N.